0: Catherine Das, good morning to you. Kia ora, Catherine. There was some serious um, chair dancing in the were studio you? here. You it's, were it's back in the you, zone. Back in the zone. It's good you can't see me. <laughs> I'm all into chair dancing. As long as Love the chair it. doesn't get too squeaky. Um <laughs> Have you been powering, I know you're a big reader at all times of year, but there is something special about this time of year. Isn't it late nights, the hot, sultry nights, keeping you going till two, three in the morning reading? That's it. The hey? long the long nights. Um, so I've been doing a lot of reading, and I'm just so happy to bring three great books to you this year. And they're, th- uh, they're three very different books. Um, since we played a song, I'm going to start with a music book, and it's listen. On Music, Sound and Us by Michelle Faber. Now, Michelle Faber, he's a much-loved novelist who wrote Under the Skin, The Crimson Petal and The White, and The Book of um, Strange New Things. And now comes his first work of non-fiction about music. Now, like me, music is actually his first love, And this is the book he's wanted to write his whole life. His publisher, Cannon Gate, told him that he's only got one shot to be a non-fiction writer, and this is it. Now, I'd place this alongside the great books that explore what it means to listen to music, books like The Rest is Noise by Alex Ross, and This is Your Brain on Music. Um, which looked at the science behind um, Why We why we Love Music and Music Obsession by Daniel J. Leviton. I actually like Faber's book even more than those. It just feels really fresh, and also, as a literary fiction writer, he, he just writes beautifully. So this book looks at tribalism, pretense, taste, and it's very staunchly anti-snobbery, which I highly endorse. It's very anti-gatekeeper, which, you know, can be one of the most irritating things about music fans and music writers alike. Now, he's got a huge musical and critical brain. And Listen is a, a personal and sociological look at why and how we love music. And you know what? It's one of the most inclusive music books I've ever read. He points out that there will be all sorts of forces at work to determine what you should or shouldn't listen to based on preconceptions of, you know, um, your class, gender, age, ethnicity and and the stereotypes um, of music that you might gravitate to. And he's really just saying, look, I know it's hard to break out of boxes. It's entirely up to you whether you choose to or not, but please be mindful. So it's such a gracious, generous book, and he has such a lovely style, like he's addressing you directly. He's not here to change your mind about what you should listen to, but he's here to change the way we listen to it and being mindful of it. Um, It's full of many explorations of a wide range of music too, so it's the kind of book that will make you excited about rediscovering your existing record collection, but Be excited to try new things too. So I think his publisher should let him have a crack at writing another non-fiction book. Good one. So the details on that one? So that one is called Listen on Music, Sound and Us by Michelle Faber, $40 Canongate. Now where do we go? So now we go to my favourite Aotearoa book of 2023, Blood and Dirt, Prison Labour and the Making of New Zealand by Jared Davidson, published by Bridget Williams Books, $50. It's my Aotearoa Book of the Year, Wellington-based archivist and writer Jared Davidson. has written this tremendous and vital book which explores the prison labour which contributed to the built environment of New Zealand. So he traces the making of New Zealand – and its Pacific empire through the forced prison labour that built our urban cities, buildings, roads and rural landscapes, planted forests. Basically the buildings we walk past every day, the buildings we work in, the roads we use and the botanic gardens that we walk through. Um, to me, this book hits all the sweet spots. It's our Aotearoa's social history with a strong narrative drive. It's our history from a new angle. It's history from the ground up. And it's an important book, I think, about labour, capitalism, colonisation and the crucial role that prisoners here have played in public infrastructure. And I love the idea that comes across here, that history should be challenging while also leading to social change. This is a reappraisal of the prison system, too, and how convicts were used to, I guess, reinforce a labour shortage gap in um, the latter half of the 19th century. Um, Tremendous book, absolutely stunning, too, and I think it's a really beautiful example of beautiful and intelligent publishing, what it can look like. The production values are exquisite, and it's just full of amazing photographs and so important um, a part of our history which has largely gone unknown. So I love this. It's a working-class history. Good Great one. Book. Blood and Dirt is by Jared Davidson, published by Bridget Williams Books. I've got the price for that, forty four ninety five. dollars That's the one. Now to your third choice. My third book is my favourite non-fiction book of the year, A Threat of Violence, A Story of Truth, Invention and Murder by Mark O'Connell. And it's published by Granta. It's $33. Um, It's an amazing book. I'm a really big fan of the Irish writer Mark O'Connell. His last book, Notes from an Apocalypse, was about preppers and the end of the world and the climate crisis. It's one of my favourite books. He really is the master of narrative non-fiction. A Threat of Violence is the weird story um, of truth, invention, and murder. It's like a true crime book, but really it transcends that. It's really high-end. It's so refined. It's a personalised account of the notorious Irish case of Malcolm MacArthur. In 1982, he committed a brutal double murder while planning a bank robbery, and he was sort of pitched as an unlikely murderer. He was a wealthy heir, charming, irritate, Um Refined manner, educated, he mixed with an assemblage of bohemian and established familiars in Dublin's most sophisticated bars. He was living the high life and hedonism off an inheritance, but when the inheritance ran out, he hatched a plan to rob a bank, and in that effort to obtain a gun and a getaway vehicle, he brutally murdered a young nurse and a young farmer, and a manhunt resulted in him being put in prison. And he was actually found by police at his friend's apartment, who also happened to be the Attorney General, you know, the most senior legal official in the country. And alongside that, Mark O'Connell, his grandparents actually lived in the apartment next door. So he remembered um, the atmosphere of that that trial and case. So when MacArthur was released from prison in 2012, O'Connell was just haunted by this, as was the nation, tracked him down. And over dozens of hours of interviews, he actually interviews him um, and puts the story together, which is bizarre, it's disturbing, it's stressful, it's compelling. And he becomes obsessed by the story and you just become very aware of the moral implications of inserting himself into MacArthur's life. So this is for fans of Janet Malcolm's excellent The Journalist and the Murderer and Truman Capote's In Cold Blood. It's a tremendous work of nonfiction. Very good. And the details of that book are? A thread of Violence, A Story of Truth, Invention and Murder by Mark O'Connell, published by Granta, and it's $33. Thanks so much for that, Kiran Das, our reviewer today.